Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. Welcome to our live Astros Twins game one post game show. That's Stephen Kerr that you see with me, and he's got 40 years of journalism behind him and is an Astros lifer. We've got a lot of years as Astros lifer between the two of us and Stephen. Coming into this game, the Astros 7-0 and in Game 1s of the ALDS. They're 8-0 now. All that suffering for years as Astros fans is so far in the rearview mirror. You know, that's funny. I, I was telling my wife that same thing earlier today because, you know, she was kind of excited about the Astros getting back into the playoffs, and she was excited for me. And I said, you know, I, I spent so many years on losing teams, you know, wondering when were the Astros going to make the playoffs, much less get into the World Series. Because, you know, they didn't even make the playoffs until 18 years into their existence, 1980, that Philly series. So, man, we've been due for it. And uh, they have certainly gotten us what we wanted, even if we did have to kind of be on the edge of our seats a little bit this afternoon. Yeah, it was a barn burner. And you were hoping it was just going to be one of those routiners, but the Astros make it interesting. Get in the comments. We want to hear from you. Yeah, We're going to unpack it a little bit. We'll start off first inning. Altuve does Altuve. First pitch, fastball, waist high, not a good idea. Fastball, waist high, first pitch, not a good idea to Altuve. Steven, after going the entire postseason last year without an RBI, 58 at-bats, he gets one on one pitch. How about that? And, you know, of, of all the postseason home runs that Altuve has hit, do you know that is the very first leadoff postseason home run he's had? That, you know, that that's pretty cool. And something else that I, I learned today that I think is very interesting, and especially when you consider how long baseball has been around, Altuve is the first player in Major League history to hit a home run in the postseason on the first pitch that his team sees. Not the first pitch of the actual game, but the first pitch that his team sees home run i mean that's pretty incredible yeah altuve 0 for 23 going into the postseason did not have a hit in last year's alds no again did not have a hit in last year's alds boom and then steven this is crazy altuve has the most first inning home runs in postseason history i mean eight postseason home runs period is a massive number but he's done it just in the first inning yeah, just not always in the leadoff spot, but that is pretty incredible that just, you know, what he's done. And, you know, you remember the 2015 series, how he struggled in that. So, you know, even amid his struggles, Altuve continues to shine when he needs to shine. I think he's he's got the fourth most hits in the postseason. And you think about, you know, how much further he could be up. I think Derek Jeter's way, way ahead in that category. I don't know if he'll catch him, but just think how many more he would have if he hadn't struggled in 2015 and then struggled in the postseason last year. But, man, who cares about that? <laughs> this is the present, so he came through when he needed to today. Unbelievable. Get in the comments again. I beg of you, if you're out there, we want to hear from you. And then Verlander gets out of two major jams, thanks to double plays in the first and second inning. Steven, I felt pretty good after JV escaped back-to-back innings. Well, this is vintage Verlander, Robert, especially in the postseason. The first couple of innings, he's a little shaky. 
And then as the middle innings come, that's when he starts warming up. I mean, he threw 55 pitches in those first three innings. Otherwise, you know, he, he could have probably pitched the seventh. I had somebody ask me, well, why didn't he pitch the seventh? Well, he threw too many pitches those first three innings. He might have. And, you know, he didn't even get a first pitch strike on a batter until the third inning. So that's indicative of his uh, command problems, you know, particularly with his fastball the first couple of innings. He put one right down the middle to Julian uh, in the second inning when he hit that double. But, yeah, as the game cruised along, Verlander became the Verlander we know and love. Yeah, and the broadcast crew, well, at least I think it was Wainwright, at least was talking about how maybe you should have left Verlander in there when Naris struggled. We'll get to Naris in in, later in the show. But, you know, this is – what you've been doing all year, Naris in the seventh, Abreu in the eighth. I mean, Presley in the ninth. I mean, if you watch the Astros, this is what they do. That just shows you don't watch the Astros. You don't know how it goes. And Verlander, you know, he was at about 100 pitches. And, we, you know, I know he looked great, guys, that are that are watching this game from your broadcast booth. But, I mean, Stephen, this guy's 40 years old. We got to remember this. Yeah, and you know what? You want to save him. You, you still want to at least have him pretty rested for the next time he pitches, whenever that's going to be, whether it's in this series or, you know, maybe in in the ALCS if they get that far. So you have to kind of think ahead a little bit as much as think about the present. And listen, you know, Hector Neris, you know, was having a great season. And, of course, he gave up those home runs. But you can't argue with what he's done. And Brian Abreu, you know, he didn't give up any runs, but he made things a little exciting. So Dusty's going to do what he's been doing all season. He's going to bring the guys in in the later innings that he trusts. Yeah, lots to complain about Dusty in the regular season, but it just seems like he turns it up a level or at least has recently in the postseason. And a couple of fast facts on Verlander. He had not induced two ground ball double plays in a regular season game since May 10th, 2022 against the Twins. Yeah, in a postseason game. He only had, I think he only had eight double plays through the whole regular season this year, Robert. I mean, he, he is not... He doesn't induce a lot of ground ball double plays like uh, Frommer does, who's going to be pitching in game two. So, yeah, to get two in the first two innings, and boy, were they needed because, you know, if the Twins had jumped out in front, who knows what would have happened after that. Yeah, that's his first scoreless postseason start since game one of the 2019 Tampa series. He finished this game with six Ks, four hits, and six innings. So, Verlander, that's why you dealt for him. It works out perfectly. Third inning. After Bregman gets hit by a pitch, overthrows a hanger to Jordan, just straight crush City, Stephen, into the left field seats. You know, I got to tell you something, Robert. You know, as you know, I like to go back and forth between the Astros uh, radio broadcasts and, you know, the TV guys on the network. And right when Alvarez came to the plate, your good friend and mine, Steve Sparks of the Astros radio broadcast said, Jordan is going to sit on a changeup. He's going to be looking for it. Well, the first pitch that Bailey threw was a fastball, and Alvarez didn't even flinch. He didn't even swing. And the next pitch was the changeup that he just hammered. I think it went like 397 speed or something like that. Hammered it. So Sparky was right. I mean, he was waiting for that changeup to happen. Yeah, and it was not a good changeup. So let's go to the fifth inning. Alex Bregman singles. Jordan walks, but Tucker... A laser to third looked like it could have been a missed opportunity right there. But Abreu, who's starting to earn Astros clutch city 
points here. You know, he's starting to get the clutch points, although we're going to get this up later in the game. He reaches out, hits a tough pitch to pull down the left field line. I mean, that was a tough pitch that he hit on the outside off the plate. That scores Bregman. Yeah, it's good to see Al, uh, not Altuve, uh, Abreu, <laughs> both those A's there. Yeah, it's good to see him warming up. And you just had to feel, especially like in that last series against the Diamondbacks and, the, you know, the, the whole month of September, it's like, man, if, if Abreu can come through like that in the postseason, you know, the Astros' offense is pretty potent. But to get him to hit in the postseason, man, they're going to be unstoppable. And he yeah. may not have been lights out through the whole day, but he did what he had to do in scoring Bregman. So Chas McCormick follows Abreu with an RBI single, 5-0 Astros. This is a good time to mention. Dusty starts Chas over Dubon with Verlander on the mound. Dusty said, quote, these guys are prone to strike out, plus they've got a lot of left-handed hitters, so they'll probably hit the ball more to left center than pull it. Dusty went on to say that Chaz is a better matchup versus Ober, who throws a lot of change-ups and breaking balls. How about that, Steven? Dusty brought us banana pudding. Banana he, pudding. He, he looked at some analytics, Robert, because you know what? He's right. The Twins have the third highest whiff rate in baseball. I mean, they have the fourth highest walk rate, but uh, they strike out a lot. So he was right. And I guess, yeah, he did surprise a lot of us because I think we were all waiting to see the lineup card and figuring, well, Devon's going to be in center field. Well, no, <laughs> nope, he decides not to do that. And it certainly paid off. Now, we did mention Abreu, you know, he did get tagged out going to third. Not really a smart play on that. He kind of ran us out of the inning, but at least he did score a run for us in that inning. Yeah, that inning he did. Uh, I just want to get to the Abreu thing a little bit later because it just it's one of those things that uh, I, that's annoyed me about this year's Astros. But let's go to the seventh inning. Hector Neris, you said it, Stephen. He's been clutch all year. It's a shocking implosion. Back-to-back -back homers, two terrible pitches. Neris hadn't given up two home runs in a game since 2018. Yeah, well, when you think about how he gave them up, Robert. I mean, he hit Waldner to start the inning. And then the catcher, Ryan Jeffers, hit. It was just a bloop single to shallow right center. You know, it, it wasn't a hard hit ball. You know, and then uh, I think it was Willie Castro that pinch hit for Michael Taylor. He got a strike out of him. And then you struck out Julian. But, you know, then uh, 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 Polanco, right? Who, yeah, Jorge yeah, Polanco comes Polanco. up. Hits that three-run homer. And then Lewis, who, of course, has been money in the postseason for the Twins, you know, in the wild card series against the Blue Jays, he hits a homer. And all of a sudden, it's a game again. But again, Robert, it's a lot of it is how you start out the inning, whether it's a walk or, in this case, a hit-by-pitch. Then you get a bloop single where you got two runners in a position for somebody to hit a three-run homer and get the Twins back in the ballgame. The Astros... They left a lot of guys that, you know, had a first inning uh, base runner because of Verlander. Verlander, yeah, first inning base runner uh, on the first guy, three straight innings, the first, second, and third inning, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely the, the first couple of, yeah, the first three innings. That's right. He had at least somebody on base, uh, but he just wiggled out of trouble. Like, you know, the, the thing about Verlander, we will say, is as shaky as he can be in the postseason sometimes, especially in the early innings, very seldom does the roof cave in for him. You know, he usually squeezes out of it with minimal to no damage. And that's certainly what he did today. Eighth inning, 
Jordan keeps being the hero we all need. His second home run of the day. He goes, Billy Hatcher, high flagpole. <laughs> I say that for all you 86 Astros fans, Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just couldn't couldn't ask for more from this guy. And uh, I know, you know, Reggie Jackson, who is a consultant for Jim Crane, you know, if Jordan keeps this up, if the Astros win another World Series, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but Reggie might have to uh, relinquish that Mr. October title, Jordan, if he, he doesn't stop. So, <laughs> but once again, that run is big because, you know, thankfully the Twins didn't score another run, but if they had, the game would have been tied, but that, what a big insurance run that was. So then Abreu gets on, and it's just straight-up laziness that he gets thrown out on that wild pitch. And, I mean, this is the postseason. You can't take stuff for granted. you 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 you, you got to slide there. And, Stephen, this is – it's one of my pet peeves all year with the Astros. And, and Abreu is a guy that can't afford to make these mistakes because of the stuff that he hasn't done this year. But this team, the pace running just hasn't been the Astros' base running that we're used to. No, and the defense has definitely not played up to par. I mean, I don't mean in this game, but you kind of worried about the defense coming into the postseason. But, yeah, Altuve has made his share of base running errors throughout the seasons, the last several seasons. Abreu, you know, I mentioned the one earlier where he got tagged out when the Astros were, you know, getting a rally going and ran them out of an inning, and then he's out trying to steal. As you said, he didn't slide, and Correa just slapped the tag on him just pretty as you please. So, yeah, two they didn't turn out to be costly base running mistakes by Abreu, but they could have. Jose Abreu, some hit and miss in this game, but Brian Abreu comes in after Neris makes the mess and gets the Astros out of it in the seventh and in the eighth, gives off, gives up a leadoff double to Correa, but comes up with a couple of big pitches to give Ryan Presley a two-run cushion, and you can't say enough about Brian Abreu this year. Man, and I didn't think that he could follow up what he did last year quite the same way. Now, he, he got up, to, I think, to a little bit of a shaky start at the beginning of the season. But, man, since the All-Star break, he's just been the Brian Abreu that we always knew he could be. We kept waiting for it to happen. It happened last year, and now it's happening again this year, especially late in the season and in the postseason. Yeah, Ty says, lazy Abreu. Speaking of the other Abreu, going back to our <laughs> previous conversation, we got to make sure you get the right – Brayu, uh, when you mentioned those two guys, but when Presley comes in in the ninth, usually I can't even look. He scares me to death, Stephen. Uh, but he he had a rare Ryan Presley one, two, three ninth. We haven't seen a lot of that this year. Yeah, and he helped his own cause because you know Julian had that ground out that uh, Presley fielded, and I know that you know as soon as that was over, it kind of scared me for a second because there was a a meeting of the infielders there on the mound. You kind of hope, well, I hope everything's okay with Presley. Then I realized, well. They're probably giving him a break because he had to race to first base. So, yeah, he helped his own cause in that inning. Hasn't been the Presley that we're used to. So you're kind of on the edge of your seat with that. But uh, he did what he needed to. Anything else about this game that sticks out to you? You know, I, I think that, you know, the Astros, as nervous as you got with them coming into this series, you know, the way they played at home, I mean, they, they just were so shaky at home, Robert. I, I just didn't – I know they, you know, they're undefeated in opening game series in the last several years, but the way they played at home, it just really made me nervous. And it was good to see – I mean, the fans, you know, they were – I wouldn't say they were terrible, but they weren't exactly rocking the place out as far as I could tell. 
but they took care of business and got that game one. You know, winning game two would be so big because I'm telling you, those fans in Minnesota are going to be rocking. You saw they did in, in the Toronto series. So it, it was just big that the Astros got that win, and they really need to play like that at home, especially if they're going to have the home field advantage to get through this postseason. They've got to take advantage of it. Yeah, and just a reminder, you know, I put this out before this game, and it sort of went viral. Stephen, I put this out on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. I put this tweet out that said, for the current generation Astros fans who forget that you're spoiled, in the Astros' first 55 seasons, we witnessed 23 playoff wins and yeah. zero World Series wins. In their last six years, you've seen 45, make that 46 now, playoff wins and 13 World Series wins. And I mean wins as in games, of course. Games, right. No, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying. We were saying at the top of the podcast that, man, I you know, as an Astros fan growing up in the 70s, I kept waiting and waiting and waiting for them to make the playoffs, much less go to the World Series. So it's just, yeah, we, we can get spoiled, but we got to remember where the Astros came from. And, you know, everything goes in phases, Robert. I mean, look how much the Texans and the Rockets have stunk. And now, you know, at least the Texans seem a bit more exciting. We haven't seen the Rockets, you know, they haven't played yet. But everything kind of goes around in circles and goes in phases. And, you know, enjoy this Astros ride now. Hopefully it will just keep going and going, but yeah, let's, let's not get too spoiled. Let's, let's not forget where the team came from. I said eight, no, in the postseason they're game one. And then somebody else has said they're nine and oh, I'm yeah. looking at different media people. They're, they're nine and oh coming into this game. So I believe now with this win, they're 10 and oh. Well, that, that now that's somebody, we're all confused. Look, look they've either they're won unbeaten. eight, they've either won eight, <laughs> nine or 10, yeah. Uh, first games and ALDS is all of them. That's I, I, we need to get that back straight because apparently there's some confusion out there. Yeah. Um, well, just a couple of final thoughts with Kendall Graveman not available because of an injury. Were there any surprises, Stephen, on your postseason Astros roster? No, not really. I mean, I think in a series like this, with it being five games, I think you're okay with 12 pitchers. I mean, you certainly want to have that extra pitcher if you get to the ALCS and the World Series. But no, I would say nothing really jumped out at me as far as this Astros roster and the way it was constructed and them only carrying 12 pitchers. Yeah, and I guess my one <laughs> bit of a, I don't know if you would call it a gripe, but I just wish there was a better option than John Singleton. If I'm not sure I want you to pinch hit for Maldi and you only play first base defensively, then why are you on a postseason roster? Well, that's true. And, and you know, something else, too, you know, he, he could have pitched hit for Maldonado in the uh, in the eighth inning. You, you kind of wondered, and some people I'm sure did wonder, but listen, they're not going to take Maldonado out in a close game, especially with his catching behind the plate. They don't have the confidence in, in Diaz to go behind the plate in a close game like that. So there's no way they're going to pitch for Maldi. So, yeah, it's going to be very difficult for Diaz to get at bats, you know, unless you pinch hit him for McCormick or, or something like that or you know, just have him DH and Brantley sit out and, and Jordan play left, you know, maybe you do that. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's going to be very difficult to get Diaz in a game. And as far as John Singleton, yeah, you know, what other options do you really have other than him? Yeah, it just, uh, that's... Gray Kessinger, I mean, you know, that's not, not really much better. 
Yeah, he, he's on the roster. Gray's he on is the on the roster. roster. Right, right. The only other thing that I was, I guess I was a little surprised that the Twins started Bailey Ober, but he has been pitching well, you know, in the last five starts. I think he's 2-0 and with a 3.15 ERA. Uh, the Astros didn't face him this season, but their hitters were hitting 333 against him. So, yeah, I was a little bit of a, I thought maybe they'd start Joe Ryan, but, he, you know, they're, they're, I guess they decided to save him, you know, for later in this series. Albert asked, is Brantley playing tomorrow also? Stephen, my answer is, I assume so, because with Fromberg going, it's a ground ball pitcher, so you're not worried about Chaz's defense and center. And it, it just kind of got spelled out by Dusty that these guys – are actually a good fit for Chaz in center because he doesn't see him having a lot of action in center field, it sounds like. Yeah, I think you will see Brantley, and I maybe in that pinch hit role. I think you want Jordan in left. I mean, that would be my guess. But, yeah, absolutely. I think you're going to see his bat in the lineup as much as he can go. You know, the biggest question is, can he go through an entire postseason without having the soreness? And that's something you're just going to have to hold your breath on every day. But, man, and, and how about Brantley stealing a base? How is that? <laughs> you know, with oh Uncle goodness. Mike's great with his bat, but man, <laughs> hey, this guy contributes. Aren't you glad he's back? He even stole a base. Yeah, I think somebody tweeted out yesterday. It might have been Adam Spillane or Adam Wexler or something said, Brantley says he's 100%. He's fine. He's ready to go, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you can't fool me on this. Let me just wait till tomorrow and then wait till the next day and wait till the day after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be a day-to-day thing with him because you just don't know. But, man, it's just great to have him back in that lineup because there for a while you were wondering, you know, he kept having the relapses. You were wondering if he'd even be able to play at all this season. So it's just good that he can save it, save the best for last. That's what you want to do. All right. I've got one last public service announcement for this show. If you were at Minute Maid Park and booed Carlos Correa, <laughs> then you officially forego your Astros fan card. The guy was a leader in the greatest golden era in team history. We might not have the Fromber that we have today if it wasn't for, for Carlos Correa. Remember that moment? He defended the flag during the scandal, stood up for the Astros players, defended the Astros, you know, was a hardliner as far as just you know, being there and and being accountable. And he desperately wanted to stay in Houston during free agency. Stephen, what's the hate? Yeah, look, this is the nature of the game. And yeah, how can you blame Carlos? Robert, you and I, we got on this podcast a couple of years ago when we thought the Astros should have made a bigger pitch, a better offer to Carlos Correa. They chose not to. So yeah, if you want to boo somebody, boo Jim Crane. (laughs) Because, you know, he's the one that really decided, you know what? We're going to move forward with Jeremy Pena. Carlos went on to other things. It's just the nature of the game. And look, you know, think about how many big postseason hits Carlos Correa came up with with the Astros. Where would the Astros be without those? So it's just how it is now. And yeah, he's on another team and you don't want him to come back and hurt you. But yeah, to boo him because he comes back in a different uniform, I I don't get it. He's never said anything but the right thing. He's Altuve's buddy. Yeah, no, he's he is not bowed mouthing the Astros now that he's gone. You know, some players have gone and done that, sure, but Correa's not one of those guys. So, uh, you know, but there's always going to be a fan or two out there that's just going to have their own selfish opinion and do that. Yeah, remember he got an offer and Crane didn't even bother calling him back. You know, given a counter offer, nothing. It was that was it. 
But let me ask you this, Robert, how, how good does that look at least right now? Because if you think about it, Correa hasn't exactly been the Correa that he was with the Astros. He's been battling some injuries. I understand that. The plantar fasciitis and, you know, some other things going on. You may remember when he was with the Astros a few years ago, the back problems that made us wonder, you know, how much more valuable is he going to be over the next few years? So think about that for a minute. You know, the Astros, of course, couldn't have thought ahead as to what Correa would actually do. But at least as of now, now, you know, he could come back and hurt them in this postseason, in this series for that matter. And we might change our mind. But maybe Crane knew what he was talking about. We didn't need Jeremy Pena last year, did we? Yeah, we no, thing? not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not. Yeah, I just, I just don't get it. I don't, like to me, if you boot him, you literally don't follow the team. I, maybe there's yeah. like, Maybe these were twin fans that snuck in and just boot them because they were trying to get them riled up. I don't know yeah. what that was all about, but that was just super strange. And I just, I just do not understand it. To me, if you're an Astros fan and you boot them, or you're somebody that does the wave in the seventh or yeah. eighth inning for the Astros, get out, get out. I don't want yeah. you. Tired of the wave. Tired of yeah. it. Yeah. And, and our, <laughs> hey, our, Stephen, I think our fans are too smart for that, right? No, I don't think our Houston sports podcast listeners are, are like that. So we're we're probably preaching to the choir here, don't you think? Oh yeah, I yeah. I, I, I would hope so. And Paige is with us, and she says no need to boo Carlos. And um, also, she mentioned the injuries that factored into not re-signing Carlos, of course, and it was all part of it. Um, I, I guess, Stephen, is there anything that you're thinking about as we go into tomorrow? The good news for the Astros is you get more than 24 hours to, to prep. And maybe that helps the twins because they lost. But I think maybe the Astros could use a little extra time, especially, you know, you had to use a lot of Brian Abreu. And if you want to bring him back in the next game, you know, any more rest that you can get him is good. Yeah, absolutely. You can. And, you know, Phil Maton will be available. So you, you've still got some arrows to shoot in the bullpen. And, you know, at least you didn't, I mean, at least Verlander wasn't so shaky that you had to take him out early, like in the fourth or fifth inning, and maybe have to go to somebody like one of your other starters that you put in the bullpen, Hunter Brown, J.P. France, or um, Jose Urquidy, somebody like that. So, you know, you've still got those at your disposal. you got Fromber going tomorrow. Let's hope he's the good Fromber and can go six or seven innings because that really would help, Robert, because then, yeah, you, you wouldn't have to necessarily waste an Abreu again uh, you used Presley today, so, you know, that's a bit tight. But he didn't throw that many pitches. You might be able to get away with him using him in the ninth again tomorrow. Yeah, and just, I mean, one thing about the Astros, when you look at, you know, what they've done in this postseason, it just nothing seems to really get to them. And it's been amazing. But, you know, this is a big, still a big win, Stephen, because to have a game like Verlander had, and if you had somehow lost that lead. Remember the Astros, that strange Mariners game last year where we saw a, a lead fall pretty easily. If you lost that lead, it's just, it's a crushing. I mean, you, this, that's why we bring up that undefeated in game ones in the ALDS. It's, it's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. And when you saw what the Twins did today, Robert, with, you know, it, it looked like the game was going to be just about over when it was five to nothing. And then all of a sudden you look up and they score four runs and they're back in the game. It's five to four. It could be anybody's game. You know, the, the Twins may not have the kind of offense 
that you would equate to, say, the Astros offense, but they can be explosive. I mean, don't forget, they hit the third most home runs in Major League Baseball. I think they had 233. So they can hit the long ball, and you get a couple of runners or, or so on base, and it can be a ball game. So winning a game like they did today, they, they hung on, and they got that big win. You know, tomorrow's another day. Anything could happen. So, yeah, let's not count the Twins out. They're, they're definitely – they've got some dangerous bats in the lineup. And even some of these young guys, like Royce Lewis, didn't have, you know, any postseason at-bats. He comes up in the Toronto series, hits a home run in his first at-bat. So, yeah, it's big when you can get that first win and kind of set you up to hopefully snatch the second one and go up 2-0 going to Minnesota. I guess I'm going to have to apologize for calling Jose Abreu lazy because Dusty Baker said after the game, Stephen, that Abreu has a big old lump on his leg, quote, unquote, big old lump, which is part of the reason why he didn't slide on that play. Well, that's true. You know, he got hit uh, on that foul ball on his shin. So, yeah, we did forget about that because that had happened, you know, when, when he ran, he got on base from that. That happened after he got hit in the leg. So, yeah, we really should apologize to Abreu for he wasn't running at his best, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's the playoffs, though. And with a big old lump on your leg, are you even thinking about that, Stephen? Are you thinking, I've got a lump, I'm not going to slide? I don't know. Well, probably not. Now, that still doesn't excuse it when he got tagged out in the third inning, though. That he, that he didn't have a lump on his leg when that happened. So, you know, we can still partially get on him for that one. Well, the TV broadcast crew credited him. They think he knew that play was going to be close and he was trying to draw the throw. Possibly. That, yeah, the, that pitcher, point, the pitcher did look disappointed that the throw didn't go through. And I don't know if it was he was disappointed that he gave up the run or disappointed that they they didn't let the throw go through because they thought yeah. it would be a play at the plate. Yeah. Well, at least they got the run. I mean, that was the good news out of that play. Well, we will continue with the live postgame shows tomorrow with the Astros, but also live Texans postgame with Sports Radio 610, Sean Bajani, as we do every Sunday or every mm-hmm. Every week, and mostly yeah. on Sunday with the Texans because, you know, they don't play much on Thursday or Monday nights these days. But um, make sure to tune in for that. Uh, just really appreciate everybody that's listening and watching us. If you're not, subscribe to us on YouTube and put a comment down there. If you're enjoying the show, we want to hear from you. Anything that you have to say that's positive, we really appreciate uh, as I said, we'll, we, we will be back. Me and Stephen will be back. We'll be here on a regular basis through the postseason, as we did all of last year through the postseason. Thousands of people watched us last year, and we hope to keep it going this year and thousands more. But uh, again, thanks a bunch. Thanks to Stephen for all of his help. And, and Stephen, let's go out there and get – how about let's get another one tomorrow? How about that? I'm all for that. And you're going to be a busy guy tomorrow. You, you've got the Texans postgame, the Astros postgame. I, you know, I can be greedy, can't I, Robert? Let's go two for two. Let's see if the Texans can snatch one in Atlanta the way they've been playing lately. All right. Yeah, we need to get that one against the Falcons. Let's make it three and two. That would be fun. What a way to start October. How about that? Let's do it. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you guys later. And uh, go Stros. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.